Okay, we're back to podcast, and uh, it's been about a week because of uh, the in-person Bible studies uh, that we've been able to do on um, some Wednesday nights have replaced um, podcast, and so we're still going to do podcast for Sunday night, and um, then the then also some Wednesday nights. This coming Wednesday night, we'll be doing uh, podcast due to uh, not having a Wednesday night Bible study because of Thanksgiving and the holidays coming up and things. We should be back on track for December the 1st for Bible study. And we'll be dealing with the subject of Calvinism and uh, an election. And so be looking forward to that. So I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 19, 1 Samuel 19, and um, in it, we begin, it, it's, it's commonly been called David's outlaw years. I've always been hesitant to label it as such, just because he, I guess he was an outlaw in terms of the established law with, with Saul. But uh, with with God in the eyes of God, he was he was perfectly <laughs> in the right. And uh, Saul is is now David's enemy. Saul hates David. Saul is jealous of David. Saul is exposing who and what he has been all along, and uh, it's being manifested in his treatment and his cunning and his attempts at David's life. So in this chapter, what we're going to see is is the protection that God gives David. And so we, we're looking at the protection of God's people. That's the title, the protection of God's people. And Saul the enemy, uh, which is would rightly a picture of Satan in these texts, um, is, is hot on the trail of David. He is after David. Uh, with everything that he has, he despises David. And we find what I find interesting in this chapter is is not just the protection of David, but who it is that protects David. And uh, I want to start in chapter number nineteen, verse number one. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. So now Saul. Saul's not just attempting to kill David himself. He is bringing his entire army against David. He is attempting to uh, bring the, you know, the population, his servants, his own son. Now, do you remember the covenant in the previous chapter that David and Jonathan made? That was the covenant of friendship, the covenant of uh, one life for the other, and that Jonathan would protect David. So Saul dispatches all of his servants, as well as his own son Jonathan, to go after David and to kill him. The Bible says in verse 2, But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee. And what I see, 
that I will tell thee. So David, Jonathan is, is tipping David off, in essence. He, he's going to David and saying, look, my, my father's after you. He's seeking to kill you. But I will kind of be the inside rep, if you please. I'll be the spy, and I won't uh, turn my back on you. I will, I will protect you. And he devises his own plan in an effort to protect David. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant. Interesting use of words there. Saul is speaking to David, and or to um, Jonathan is speaking to Saul, and he's speaking concerning David, and he actually uses the word sin, that this is a sin that he is committing against David. It is an an unrighteous act of, of an attempt on his life. And Saul, or Jonathan, is willing to stand up to his own family in defense of David. Now, you, you don't always find that. And I'll be quite honest with you, I, I'm, I'm a family man, and, and family's important, and blood is thick, and loyalty. And uh, But it's come down to a case, and, and just sheer, clear-cut right and wrong and although Jonathan doesn't uh, necessarily harm his dad, he doesn't seek hurt against his dad. At the same time, he's not willing to kill David or to turn on David in favor of his dad. He's doing what is right. And so let's go forward. The Bible says here, And Jonathan spake good of David, and he said, Let not the king sin against his servant David, because he hath not sinned against thee. He said, well, David's done nothing to you. David has defended our country. He has stepped out to battle when you wouldn't step out to battle. David's done no wrong in order for you to feel this way. And because his works have been to thee, word, very good. For he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine. And the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel that sawest it and didst rejoice. Wherefore, well, without sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause. He said, why are you doing this? He said, David's done nothing but protect our country, protect you. And your petty jealousy wants to take him out. I've seen that in my own life. <laughs> I've seen folks that I've been nothing but good to, treated well, and jealousy, for some reason or another, all, they hated me. And and I, I'm sure some of you have, have seen the same thing occur in your life. And that's how the devil works, and that's how the devil operates. He's saying, look, David's done nothing, nothing to warrant this. He's He's been a great soldier to you. He's been a friend to you. He has played music when you've needed your soul soothed. And here you are, completely jealous against David. And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swear, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. So Jonathan actually talks some sense into his father. It's not long-lasted, though. Jonathan called David. Jonathan showed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. And there was war again. David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. 
And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. So, although he, it shows you right there, he broke his word. Um, he he told his son Jonathan that he, he would not slay him, that he would protect his life. And then, what do you know? The very next few verses, David goes out and wins a victory. It's eating Saul up with jealousy. David is, is in the house. He's simply playing the harp, as he often does for Saul. And when he does this, um, Saul just reaches back, grabs the javelin, throws it in an attempt to kill David once again. David dodges it, gets out of the way. It sticks into the wall. And his life is saved. And so we come to verse 11. Michael. Everybody remember Michael. Michael is whom Saul has offered up to David to wife. So Saul sent, Michael is a daughter of Saul. Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him, to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou, if thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went, and he fled, and he escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed, put a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. This is straight out of Alcatraz. Anybody ever watched The Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood years ago? And they escaped from the prison by making plaster dummies and fake hair. Uh, or it wasn't fake hair, it was hair from the barbershop. That's, that's what's going on here. Um, they are... It's, Michael makes up a dummy and and sets it in here and it says it should, Michael and laid it in the bed and it, so it makes it look as if it's David and uh, they and, and just so they'll think that that's David there in the bed but David's gone and uh, very smart but here, here's the thing who is Michael yes Michael is is David's wife but Michael is Saul's daughter as well. That's interesting. So the Bible says Michael took an image and laid it in the bed, put a pillow of goat's hair for his holster and covered it with a cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, he said he is sick. And Saul sent, his, sent the messengers again to see David, saying, Bring him unto me into the bed that I may slay him. And when the messengers were come in, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for the for his holster, bolster. And Saul said unto Michael, Why hast thou deceived me so, and sent away mine enemy that he has escaped? And Michael answered Saul, He said unto me, Let me go, why should I kill thee? So in two instances here, we have two children of Saul. When Saul sought to kill David, Saul sought to rise up to David on two different instances. The children of Saul protect David. Now that's that's interesting to note. These children have more character than Saul does. The Saul's children have far more uh, integrity than Saul does. Saul is a jealous man. Saul is a petty man. Uh, Saul is a ridiculous man who's upset and mad and angry uh, at David for, for no cause, really. And yet, yet, um, his children, on two different occasions now, have defended the life of David 
against their own father Saul. You know, children know what we are. They do. They know what we are. Children always know. You know, you, you don't hide. You can hide things from them but or attempt to. But our children know our character. They know our integrity. They live with us. They know our failures. They know our strengths. They know our faults. They know uh, our good aspects. They know our not-so-good aspects. And we're human, and we all have them. And I, I, that's what we know with Saul. I don't doubt the children love Saul, but they also knew that Saul was angry and hated David without a cause. And so they were willing to protect David in this situation. So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel, to Ramah, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he had Samuel, he and Samuel went down and dwelt in Naoth. And it was told Saul, saying, Behold, David is at Naoth in Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. And it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. And Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. And then he went also to Ramah, and came to a great well that is in Secu. And he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Naoth in Ramah. And he went thither to Naoth in Ramah, and the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on, and he prophesied, and he came to Naoth, Naoth in Ramah. And he stripped off his clothes also, and prophesied before Samuel in that manner. And he lay down naked all that day and night. Wherefore they say, Is Saul among the prophets? Let's go to chapter 20. Let's go to chapter 20. Um, before we do, let's let's cover the term prophet here. Okay, it says, Wherefore they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? Now, the word prophet occurs 287 times in the Old Testament, and it means one who speaks for God with a message. Um, I, the word sometimes is used as seer uh, or one of, as a vision, and uh, it's one that speaks forth a message, okay? And in, in other words, it tells the future. Uh, is of divine inspiration. In biblical usage, it has a specific meaning. Now, here are the four qualities um, of a prophet. Number one, uh, or, or we, what we see, the, the characteristic basically is born out of application to the Word of God. Uh, we have Old Testament prophets. Of course, that's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, all of those. And then we've got John the Baptist, who was... The the he was the transitional prophet from the Old Testament to Jesus. Then we see Jesus, the Messiah, and then anyone who speaks in God's name under His inspiration. Titus one two, the term prophet is uh, it's applied to a Greek poet, but it's interesting to know that the office of a prophet is not in. Uh, the use of the church today. Now, do remember that. You'll have people come forth talking about prophets, and they're a prophet of you know one thing or another, but the office itself of a prophet 
is no longer in use. So remember that. Then we come to verse chapter 20, verse number 1. And David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity and what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David swore moreover, and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. In other words, David's telling Jonathan, Look, your your father has to know that we're friends and you're not turning your back on me and you're tipping your hand about me. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. So David said, Look, every step I take, there's one step between me and death, every single step I take. Then said Jonathan unto David, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will, I will even do it for thee. And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at me, but let me go, that I may hide myself in the field unto the third day at even. If thy father at all miss me, then say David earnestly, Ask leave of me that he might run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he say thus, it is well, thy servant shall have peace, but he is a very wroth. Then be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore thou shalt deal kindly with thy servant, for thou hast brought thy servant into a covenant of the Lord with thee. Notwithstanding, if there be in me, Iniquity, slay me thyself, for why shouldst thou bring me to thy father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from thee, for if I knew certainly that evil were determined by my father to come unto thee, then would I not tell it thee? Then said David to Jonathan, Who shall tell me, or what if thy father answer thee roughly? I'm going to stop there and make some closing comments. So what we what we're seeing here is uh, what what's going to be the stages of David's life for the next several chapters, for the next little bit. And it's this ongoing process of is David, is Saul going to seek out, is he eventually going to be able to kill David? Now, any of us that know the Bible know the story, knows how it ends, knows what goes on. But... The things that I want to point out in this, and the Lord has had us on it a lot lately, is the protection that God gives his people. The protection that God gives his people. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. We see it in the life of Joseph, how um, everything was stacked against him. So many efforts to be done away with Joseph, yet God always protected Joseph in every situation. David, at this particular point, is under divine protection of God. God has a plan for David's life, and the devil's not going to be able to wreck that plan. And he's making every attempt. Saul is attempting mightily and strongly to overcome and to kill David, to slay David. And we see that God uses Jonathan 
one of Saul's children. God uses Michael, another of Saul's children, Saul's daughter, and Saul's son. And then finally, we just see the Spirit of God protecting David. And that's the most important protection that we can have. The Spirit of God protecting David through all of that he's facing and through Saul attempting to kill him. And that that encourages me. You know, I, I slip, I, I fail, I fall. You slip, you fail, you fall. And yet, the God of heaven gives us divine protection. He knows our hearts. Stay in his will to love him mightily, love him truly, love him with who and what we are. Be a person after the heart of God as David was and you'll find yourself under divine protection against any evil that would seek to hurt or to harm you. And so that's that's what we're looking at today. David has a heart for God. God knows his heart and thereby he enjoys God's protections. I'm thankful for that. I revel in that. My future and my hope is based on that. And that's encouraging to me this morning. The protection of God in the life of believer. I hope you all have a wonderful uh, week. And I thank you for tuning in to podcast. I love each of you. You'll be back hearing from me on Wednesday night from podcast. Good night.